0: Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday, the 14th of February. Happy Valentine's Day to all you lovers out there. As usual, though, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. If you need to, you can always pause the slides here and read our disclaimer in full and if you're listening on a podcast, you can head on over to the marketstoday.com.au website and you can sign up for a free 14-day trial if you're not yet a member. All right, well, we had another uh, woeful night, I guess you could say, in Wall Street and US trading on Friday. And what was upsetting the market this time was not worries about inflation. It was not worries about interest rate. It was more worries about Ukraine and the imminent Russian invasion, which security and intelligence services say uh, could happen at any time. But uh, certainly that was enough to disrupt US markets to a great extent. We had the Dow Jones down 1.43%, 504 points, 34,738. NASDAQ taking it even harder, down 2.78%, 394 points. 13,791 and the S&P 500 closed down 1.9% in the middle for diddle as usual, down 85 points to 44,19. The VIX index, as you can imagine in all this volatility, is showing higher prices to hedge using CBOE option pricing, up 14.4%, three points to 27 and as a result, of all this negativity in our market. Saturday morning saw our SPY futures down 33 or 046 of a pen percent, 70.75. So it looks as if we're going to be in for a bit of a sloppy opening today. In commodities, though, we saw Brent crude and the WTI price, the big winners, I guess, from all this posturing from Russia and the US over Ukraine. Brent crude was up $3.03, 94 44 and wti up $3.22 9310 up 3.58% gold also doing slightly better but nothing very dramatic up $4.70 up 0.26% 1842.10 i remember back in 1980 when the russians went into afghanistan gold had an absolute cracking run it was up 8 to $800 an ounce Happy days iron ore though not doing quite so well down two point three four percent three dollars sixty to one fifty point one five other commodities on Friday we had copper down three point six percent nickel down one point eight aluminium down three point two zinc down one point eight lead down 0.5, and zinc uh, rather tin down one point five percent in international trade. As a result, BHP down one and a half percent, and Rio down one and a half percent in U.S. ADRs. freeport mcmurran down 2.5. Alcoa up 3.3. Did warn about a big global shortage in aluminium at the moment. Uh, tech down uh, 0.06. Nothing there at all. Anglo down half a percent. Glencore down 0.8. Vale down 1.7. Albemarle down 2.18. And the Aussie dollar. Pretty much flat at the moment, 71.35, so nothing shaking there but the trees. Here you can see the S&P 500 just accelerating into the close. Obviously, thoughts that the Ukrainian uh, invasion was imminent uh, meant that maybe there was uh, some worries that it would happen over the weekend, but it didn't happen over the weekend, at least not as yet. Of course, the weekend's still continuing in US time but uh, at the moment we certainly haven't seen any invasion of the ukraine so well, anyway we'll see you we'll see how that pans out as far as uh, tech stocks go in the us we had apple down 2% meta down 3.7 google down 3.1 microsoft down 2.4 amazon down 3.6 us banks eased as well bank of america the worst down 2.3 block managing to avoid some of the sell off down only 1% in US trade on Friday. As far as uh, the major stories go, Biden warns Putin of swift and severe costs should Russia invade Ukraine. And the US national security adviser Sullivan reasserts Putin could strike essentially at any time. Don't forget, these were the same national security advisers that said the Taliban would take months to take the country russia u.s both order evacuation of diplomatic staff from the ukraine and the pentagon orders departure of all u.s troops in the ukraine and german chancellor schultz preparing a last-ditch econ- uh, diplomatic push and economists across the political spectrum fearing fed policy mistake could spark a recession that does seem a little bit dramatic given that zero interest rates in the U.S. pretty much at the moment. And going back to a more normalized session uh, or, or a more normalized settings for the Fed uh, post the pandemic, as Omicron, that wave recedes, uh, you would think that the U.S. economy is pretty robust. Unemployment around 4%, GDP growth around 6.5%, although inflation around 7.5%, not good for anyone. But certainly you would think that the US economy is not just built on a house of cards. As far as our market goes today, well, obviously, we're going to follow the US down. And, of course, we have lower metal prices as well. So that's going to weigh on that sector. We should see some uh, some good gains in some of the oil stocks on the back of the oil price. And um, we uh, saw that uh, Brent crude and uh, WTI up around 3.5%. So that is looking good and $100 A barrel U.S. does seem to be beckoning at the moment. Interestingly, BP, Shell, Total, Exxon and Chevron have generated the highest free cash flow since the start of 2008. BP's numbers were actually so huge, there were some analysts saying that maybe they should pay some sort of super profits tax because they had absolutely killed it uh, with the high oil prices. And of course, Saudi Arabia does very well out of those higher oil prices as does Russia. So all this uh, posturing, saber-rattling between the US and Russia over Ukraine is certainly helping Vladimir Putin in terms of the Russian balance sheet with uh, gas and oil prices extraordinarily high. And I don't know if you... Or anyone in your family filled up over the weekend, but it did come as a bit of a shock if you're filling up with premium petrol at the Bowser. It was two dollars twenty. Well, two dollars twenty-five. Some places I saw, I managed to fill all of our car fleet up at uh, around a dollar eighty-five. And my wife says I'm obsessed with petrol prices, but it does make a big difference. So uh, just hunt around. There's still one sixty-seven at least in Sydney. Uh, don't pay one ninety-seven. Anyway, we shall see. Uh, Today, though, we will see a weaker market. It will be, once again, the focus on reporting season. We've had Bendigo out this morning, upped its dividend, but its net interest margin has fallen back uh, by 14 basis points. Total lending rose 2.1%. Customer deposits rose by 6.6%. We've also got GPT coming out this morning. Uh, Some newspaper articles suggesting that maybe GPT is potential takeover target or may the price may be a little bit on the ritzy side some news this morning from monadelphus has been awarded 400 million dollars worth of new contracts so that's good news there and csl has announced that they did complete their 750 million dollar share purchase plan that is a big big share purchase plan the price it went off at was the 2% discount to the volume-weighted average price over a five-day trading period, 253.57, stock trading at around 248 at the moment. And there was also an article today in the, I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald, about CSL who have taken or are trying to take some legal action in the US to overturn that court uh, ban that court ruling that mexicans were not allowed to uh, use tourist visas and pop over the border and sell their blood which is obviously having a bit of an impact on csl's collection centers especially in the south near the borders where they do have a lot of collection centers you'd have to ask why they didn't set the collection centers up in mexico but there you go maybe there's some serious cartel reasons for that but um csl two hundred and fifty three fifty seven. there goldman sachs has lowered their forecast for US stock returns this year down from 5,100 for the S&P 500 to 4,900 for the S&P 500. And if you look at those 10-year yields, which is an interesting place to look, uh, we saw the US 10-year yields come off significantly on Friday. Why did they do this? This was nothing to do with the Federal Reserve and uh, seven or five or eight hikes this year. It was the fact that people were putting their money into safe havens. And one of the safe havens, of course, always is US T-bills, and that uh, drives the yields down. So a big, big gap has opened up between Australia and the US. Uh, US is 1.94% Australia, and back up to 2.21%. That is a big, big jump that we've seen in the last week or so for that Australian 10-year yield. So that's obviously going to weigh on our market. Those stocks that are dependent on low yields. REITs, for instance, high growth stocks with those DCF valuations as well uh, will be affected by that. And Germany, going from strength to strength as far as 10-year yields go, now positive, and it's been positive for a little while, 0.29%. So that is uh, something to keep an eye on as well. But at the moment, money flooding into the US bond market as a safe haven, and also into the US dollar as well. The US dollar index was up uh, around 0.55%, or 53 points to 9603. Aussie dollar, though, pretty much unchanged at 71.30. So far, one of the features of the reporting season has been rising costs, supply chain issues everywhere Uh, but uh, certainly that is one of the features we have gone i guess from uh, the key word from uh, reporting seasons of past days being challenging and pivoting and now we're seeing a focus on those rising cost and supply chain issues stanmore coal smr is preparing a 300 million dollar capital raise to pay for a bhp acquisition there so just um Beware if you're a Stanmore coal shareholder. Question of the day today. We got BHP tomorrow uh, with their results. I'm popping into the analyst presentation, ha- having a chat to uh, their CFO tomorrow in the briefing. Uh, But will BHP follow mineral resources with a bad result? The joy in some respects of the big resource companies is because they have production reports well in advance of the results. Usually you can draw a line in terms of commodity prices, in terms of what they've produced and the comments they usually make with those production reports and come up with a reasonably accurate kind of figure for their actual proper results and then it's really just a question of how generous especially in resource land how generous the big companies have been to shareholders in terms of buybacks in terms of capital management of course BHP recently has gone through the transformation of collapsing its dual listed company structure and that finished at the end of January uh, with BHP now just one listing in Australia on the ASX. There are of course ADRs and there are of course uh, listings elsewhere around the world Uh, but they are all fungible into BHP shares so they should trade in line or pretty much in line. With BHP, no big discount as we saw with the UK. So you could buy BHP in the UK, sell BHP here, and uh, trade that discount or premium depending on the mood of the market. But will BHP follow mineral resources with a bad result? Will we see cost pressures in the BHP result? Will we see supply chain issues in the BHP result? Or will we just see a really great set of numbers from the world's biggest mining house and some shareholder generosity? Or maybe even more. To come with that transformation plan that Mike Henry has put in place and is now working through. That's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening to this podcast. Don't forget, there are three other podcast streams in the Marcus Today Arsenal. We have the Marcus Strategy podcast, which includes the Morning Meeting podcast now, the On the Desk podcast, and the On the Couch podcast. Apologies. For last week, I had intended to sit down with Marcus and discuss your questions, go through your questions. and I did have a few. Keep them coming. I have nailed him down for a 12.30 meeting tomorrow, and uh, we are going to be talking your questions there. So that should be out at the weekend with luck, fingers crossed anyway. But that's it from me today. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group. Love to have your thoughts, comments and ideas there. Uh, We have a great group, three and a half thousand members helping members. And if you missed the Ask the Analyst session on Friday night, it was a cracking session, hour and a quarter. We even had a guest appearance from my wife, Jane, who popped her head in to hurry me up because we had a dinner engagement. So uh, you can catch up with the recording there. The link will be in Henry's take today. But that's it from me today. Have a great day.